When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Well, well, well. Shopping for a car? Yep. Carvana made financing a car as smooth as can be. Oh, yeah? I got pre-qualified instantly and had real terms personalized just for me. Hmm, doesn't get much smoother than that. Well, I got to browse thousands of car options on Carvana, all within my budget. Doesn't get much smoother than that. It does. I actually wanted a car that seemed out of my range, but I was able to add a cosigner and found my dream car. It doesn't get much... Oh, it gets smoother. It's getting delivered tomorrow. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get pre-qualified today. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. Lift your Bibles high. Let's make our confession of faith together. For God's glory, this is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, we tell you that we are open and we are ready, sir. We ask that you would speak to us right now. I take authority over this atmosphere on the building and online. And I pray, God, that you would speak to us in such a powerful way. God, I come against any demonic distraction, any satanic distraction, any witch, warlock, or force that tried to attach itself in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I come against the spirit of heaviness right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray that joy would be released in this building and online. I come against being tired tonight. And I pray that God would give us a jolt and a boost of energy tonight so we can receive the word and receive the word with gladness and with joy and father our anticipation is high and our expectation is high and our anticipation is high and our expectation is high and our anticipation is high come on and our expectation is high i need to make sure you're in a section with people whose anticipation and expectation is high Online, I need you to just type that. I'm anticipating. I'm expecting. I'm anticipating. I am expecting. I'm anticipating. I am expecting. In Jesus' name. Do me a favor. Introduce tonight's teaching to somebody next to you and just tell them, say, I need to tell you something. Come on, tell them. Tell them this. Say, say it's your turn. That was good, but I need you to try somebody else that acts like they got the faith to believe it. I need you to look at somebody else and say, I need to tell you something. Say, it's your turn. We're going to try a third person. You're going to talk to at least 15 people tonight. So I need you to try a third person and say, you've been patient. You've watched everybody else. You've celebrated everybody else. Here's God's response for you. It's your turn. Come on, Wednesday. 
Come on, somebody say, and I'm ready. And he's ready. Let go. Grab a seat. Let's go to work. So this series is called Let's Be Kids Again. Why? In Mark chapter 10, Jesus says, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will do what? Will never enter it. And I've taught you, watch me, that the kingdom belongs to those who act like kids again. It, the Bible does not tell us to be childish, but it does teach us to be childlike, to be a kid. Say it with me. Again, and it doesn't say, watch me, it doesn't say die and go to heaven. It says if you don't act as a child, it says you will not enter the kingdom. The kingdom has three specific components to it. Number one, it's heaven's attributes in the earth. And what are those attributes? We find them in Romans 14 and 17. I gave you an acronym for them. RPJ for righteousness, peace, and joy, which means heaven's attributes. Watch me. Sometimes if you grew up in church or you have this ideology of spirituality, you may think that heaven is a bunch of angels flying around with wings and stuff like that. You may think that uh, it is this world where everything is white. Everybody got on white robes. If you've ever watched a sitcom back in the day and they would show you what they thought their idea of heaven was, is everybody was just sitting back, chilling and relaxing, uh, wearing white. Hear me. The Bible makes it clear that heaven has attributes. And those attributes, number one, are right standing, which are righteousness, which means right standing with God, which means, watch me, it is heaven on earth for me to be right with God. Why? Because if I'm right with God, I do not have to worry about anything else being right for me because God will make all things right for me. The Bible says that he makes all things work together for our good, which means if I got things right with God, I'm not worried about you. I'm not worried about your little attitude. I'm not worried about what you're trying to do, what you're trying to block, what you're trying to stop. Why? Because if I'm in right standing with God, God's going to make sure that all things are right for me. But then the second component of righteousness, it is good character. This means that I do what I say I'm going to do. Character is who you really are. Reputation is who people believe you to be. It is possible to have a good reputation and not have great character. God says, I don't care what they say about you. I just want to make sure that the truth about you is that your heart is right. See, I want to know if there's some people in this building or online where people have tried to throw mud at your name. They've tried to scandalize your name. But you knew that my heart was right. And so, watch me. So you may look at what I did and judge what I did, but what you didn't see is the heart behind it. Maybe I didn't say it right, but my heart was right. Maybe I didn't do it right, but my heart was right. And God says, I look past what the man sees, and I look at the heart of a man. This is why he looked at a person like David and had a messed up reputation and some messed up things he had did. But the Bible says that this David has character like nobody else. This David, his heart is a heart that's after God, which means God says, I want you to not only be in right standing with me, but I want your character to be right. Somebody said, Lord, make my character right. Say, let me keep my word. Say, let me do what I say I'm going to do. Say, let me do what I say I'm going to do. Say, I declare that my word is as good as a check that will not bounce. Say, I can trust what I say because I've got character to back it up. Oh, come on, y'all. Christianity is bigger than cash, cars, and clothes. It's about you having character that if you say it, nobody doubts it because they know you're going to back up what you said. 
Second component, second component, RP, peace. And peace is this Hebrew word, shalom, which means nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, and all is well. So check it out. God says to manifest the kingdom. My kingdom means that you are shalom. Say, I am shalom. All right, this means nothing is missing in your life. Now, pay attention. You are shalom. What you're going through may be something to complete opposite of shalom. I'll say it again. You are shalom. What you're dealing with may make you want to holler, cuss, scream, and fight. Look at me, please. You are shalom, but what you're dealing with may be silly. This is where the Bible says he'll give me peace that surpasses all understanding. It doesn't mean that what I'm going through is peaceful. I, I, I want to make sure you sit next to somebody where they recognize I don't care what situation I'm in. I have a peace in me that makes it so that you think I should be sad, but baby, I'm smiling. You think I should be miserable, but I'm giving God the glory. You think I should be laying down with the covers over my head, depressed and discouraged, but instead I'm like David. I will bless the Lord at all times. Please hear. And his praises shall continually be in my mouth. Why? Because I am shalom. It doesn't mean when I'm dealing with this shalom, watch me, it doesn't mean the people I got to deal with bring me shalom. In fact, sometimes you got to dismiss people so you can keep your shalom. I wish you would let somebody be around you that brings stress and drama and all that to your life. Sometimes you need to say, baby, you messing with my shalom, so I'm going to need you to get up out my home. Y'all not... So you messing with my shalom. I'm going to need you to go catch an Uber. I'm going to need you to go get a lift. Why? Because you can't bring that negative, funky, stinking spirit up around me. Why? I fight too hard to protect my shalom. To what is, what is shalom mean? It means nothing is missing. Which means if you feel like something is missing in your life, you need to look again. Nothing is broken. If you feel like something is broken in your life, you need to look again. If you feel like something is lacking in your life, you need to if you feel like nothing is well in your life, you need to look again. Why? Because you are shalom. Nothing is missing. Well, Bishop, it feels like this is missing. But here's your first problem. It feels like. Feelings aren't facts. Feelings aren't facts. Some of you on these three days of fasting, you felt like you were going to die. You weren't going to die. You got enough meat left. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You got reserves. Y'all ain't. I don't know what I'm going to do. I promise you, you listen, you live from a place called Overflow. You got enough. Hey, come on here. Got it? All right, so check this out. Nothing is missing. Nothing is broken. Nothing is lacking. All is well. So if you feel like something is lacking, what does this mean? You need to look again. If you feel like things aren't well, you need to look again. Why? There's nothing that can happen to me that does not work for me. There is nothing that can happen to me that doesn't work, which means I don't care what happens during the day. My confession is, this is working for my good. My confession is, I'm shalom. Watch me. So if you get the job, praise him. If you don't, praise him. If they want to be with you, praise him. If they don't, praise him. I just saved a bunch of money on my car insurance. You ready? Let's make this practical. If you get in an accident... Praise him. Why would I praise God for that? Because you live to talk about it. 
And some of you, you're so busy looking at what it's not that you're missing what it is. And what it is is shalom. You ready? Then the last, the last piece of the attributes of heaven, righteousness, peace, and what's the third one? Joy. Here's the J. Uh, it means glad and great. Glad is an emotion, which means you pick this. Let me be honest with you. There's sometimes what you look at, is gonna, it, will, it will challenge you to pick what you see. Let me back that thing up. Sometimes what you look at will make you pick what you see. In other words, because you look at it trifling, you want to be trifling. Because you look at it sad, you want to be sad. Because you look at it negative, you want to be negative. And watch me. Because you're shalom, pay attention, I don't pick up the spirit of my situation. I tell my situation what spirit you're going to have. Whoop, which means, you ready? I am not a thermometer just reading the temperature. I'm the thermostat, baby. I set. I hope you sit next to another thermostat. I hope you chat no line to a thermostat. Fist bump somebody close to you and just say, set that temperature. Set that. Don't let your co-workers set the temperature for you. You set it for them. Don't let your family set it for you. You set it for them. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing like it. All is well and joy, which means I'm glad, which means I get to pick my emotion. Part of the kingdom means I get to pick my emotion, which means my emotions don't dictate to me. How many of these last three days of fasting and prayer, your emotions try to dictate some stuff to you? This is why fasting is called the afflicting of your soul, because literally when you fast and you deprive your body of really what we begin to eat, which is really we really hooked on stuff. You're trying to ju judge people, but a lot of that stuff that we eat, we are hooked on it. Because you ain't had it for three days and you fiending. Looking like Pookie from New Jack City. Huh? Just be calling me, man. Just be calling me. <laughs> I know I'm right about it. All right? Pay attention. It's called afflicting of your soul because literally what you're doing, what is your soul? Your soul is your mind, your thoughts, your will, your emotions. What you're literally doing is you are forcing your mind, thought, will, and emotions, you are forcing them to come into subjection. Because normally they tell you, I'm hungry. Feed me. I want some bread. I want some cheese. I want some bread and some cheese. But when you only got options of, I guess I have another banana smoothie. I guess I have another cup of water. And you done made all kind of water. You made good water, cucumber water. Lemon water, lime water, orange zest water. You, you got creative. But pay attention. Part of the kingdom means I pick my emotions. So I choose to be glad. Somebody say, I'm glad about it. I'm glad. All right, so, so, so then the last part of joy is great. So I'm glad and great. I'm glad and great. Now, this is amazing because God says everything that you do, there should be a level of greatness that's attached to it. Which means people should know that it's you because when they see it, they say, that's great. That's great. Come on, speak this over your life. Say, everything attached to me will be called great. Come on, say, everything I do, it will be called great. Say, everything I put my hand to, it will be called great. 
so, so here's the second. Here's, here's the second. Here's the second definition. It's how God does things. So the kingdom is God's modus operandi, his memo. It is how he does things. And number three, the kingdom is becoming who God says you are and possessing what God says you can. Say, I'm possessing and I'm becoming. I'm becoming and I'm possessing. Say, I'm becoming. I'm possessing. I'm possessing. I'm becoming. Bishop, why do you have us talk so much? Because life and death are in the power of your tongue. If you don't say it, you're never going to see it. I need you to realize, watch me, you are not the you you used to be. I need some of you all, watch me, to say to yourself, I'm proud of you. Why? Because you are not handling things today the way that you used to handle them. And I say it often, but I'll say it again. And you may not be where you want to be. But you can thank God that you're not where you used to be. Somebody say, I'm becoming and possessing. And you'll have more by the end of this year than you've ever had. But that's because you'll be the better version and the best version of yourself that you've ever been. Come on, Wednesday. Say, I'm becoming and possessing. Possessing and becoming. Those are the three fundamental components of the kingdom. Heaven's attributes in the earth. What does the earth mean in your life? And what are those attributes? RPJ. What are those words? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Number two, it is how God does things. Number three, it is becoming who God said you are, possessing what God said you can. All of that, according to Luke 17, 21, doesn't happen from the outside in. All of that, according to Luke 17, 21, happens from the inside out. Because the Bible says the kingdom of God is where? Within you. So the kingdom manifests from in you to change what's around you. This is the problem many of us have, is that we're waiting on something to change around us, not realizing that you're in it because you're the one that's supposed to change it from the inside. See, everything that you see, if you're in this building, everything you see at home, this, this had to start in somebody. Mm. Somebody had to see it, somebody had to think it, somebody had to draw it, somebody had to plan it, somebody had to build it. Everything you see is because of something that came from out of somebody, which means that if I want to change what I'm seeing outside of me, I got to change what's going on inside of me. I, I, I need you to make this declaration and say, I'll be a kid again. Now, what does that mean? Because the kingdom manifests from in you to change what's around you. And I taught you in the message how to be a kid again from Matthew 18 and 4. Uh, it says this, so anyone who becomes, becomes, which means some of you, watch me, you have been so focused on not being a kid again, you too grown for your own good. So anyone, which means this is available to anybody. God has no respect of persons, white, black, tall, short, whatever. That, that he has no respect of persons. God says anybody who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest. Come on here. Who is the greatest? Somebody say, I'll be the greatest because I can be the most humble. Jesus literally says the way up is down. The way to be seen is to not fight to be seen. The way to get more is to give more. Y'all not going to talk to me. He said, listen, all of what culture teaches us to do is the exact opposite of what you should be doing. Because if you humble yourself as this little child, he says, you're going to be the greatest one in the kingdom. What does that mean? You're going to manifest heaven's attributes in the earth. What does that mean? You're going to become who God says you are and possess what God says you can. What does that mean? You're going to do things the way that God wants them to be done. Can I teach this thing? So anyone, somebody say, I'm an anyone. 
Because sometimes we read the Bible and we look at the lives of people and we read the Bible and we look at the lives of people. We are totally de detached from the reality that that's supposed to be us. In fact, the Bible says that we are a living epistle. We are a letter that is being written, which means one day people aren't going to read Peter. They're going to read you. One day they're not going to read, watch me, they're not going to read Joseph. They're going to read about how you were just like a Joseph who was betrayed by his own flesh and blood and took a bad hand and played that bad hand well. Somebody say anyone. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom. Now, this is interesting because um, um, uh, humble, I talked to the definitions. Number one, humble, it means fully dependent on the Lord. When we think of humility, most of us have been mistaught humility. We think humility is walking around all sad, you know, not having nothing, not doing nothing, not wanting to achieve anything. How many of you, especially if you grew up in church, you were taught bad images of humility? Because humility was often associated with lack. You just need to be humble, which meant you were supposed to struggle. The devil is a lie, and his mammy is too. All right? Right? That's not humility. It is not humility to struggle when your God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Y'all better hear me. It is not humility for you to be begging Peter and robbing from Paul and Junebug them. I made my own. That's not humility. You better hear me. Humility means, look at the screen, I am fully dependent on the Lord, which means, watch me, my job is not my source. It is a resource because my God is my source. And I dismiss reliance on myself and I empty out my carnal ego. Somebody say, Lord, I'm humble. It is not humility. Uh, you, 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 you've seen images of people that they think humility means that they don't do well, they don't have anything, nothing goes well for them, they just always sad. You talk to them, they always, they look rough. And somebody sent me something the other day, I said, she, uh, okay. <laughs> I said, I said, she, she looked like what she been through. Because, because, because some people think that it's, it's pride and that it's a godly thing to look like the hell you're going through. That's not what the definition of humility is. The definition of humility is even if I'm going through something, watch me, I'm leaning on the Lord. My faith is totally in God, which means what I'm in is temporary. What the song said at the beginning of church, trouble don't last always which means this is not going to be like that so you ain't even going to catch me slipping even if I'm in something some of y'all you need to learn how to play the enemy at his own game so even if you're going through a rough time you need to play that sucker at his own game Don't, but, but won't nobody else know the Bible says when Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they went through the fiery furnace, they didn't look like what they'd been through. They didn't smell like what they'd been through. And they weren't walking out talking about, man, you see what I've been through? No. Why? Because I am fully dependent on the Lord. And it's not humility to look broke down, busted, and disgusted. Speak life into the person next to you and tell them, say, God wants you to do well. It is not humility to walk around messed up when you got a God that can change that. So humility means I am fully dependent on the Lord. 
dismissing, okay, let's go here. Because some of you people give you a compliment, and you can't even take a compliment because you think that it's, it's humility to deny reality. If somebody said, you know, that looks really good. Oh, no, it don't. That, shut your mouth. Shut your face and say thank you. It's not humility. That's not humility to not take a compliment. What that is is insecurity. Because what you don't want is to hear good news and then have any bad news come behind that bad news. Humility means I'm fully dependent on the Lord. I'm not dependent on a job. I'm not dependent on a person. I'm not dependent on a marriage. I'm not dependent on kids. Watch me. I'm not dependent on people's applause. Because if you're dependent on their applause, watch me, then you'll never be independent from their silence. Because there's going to be a day where the same people that clap for you are going to be the same people that did like Jesus. They clap for him one day, and then a few days later, crucify him, crucify him. I need you to be so free from people that when they clapping, you're like, well, God is still good. When they're not clapping, you're like, well, God is still good. When they want to be your friend, well, God is still good. When you don't want to be my friend, baby pie. I am fully dependent on the Lord. Well, Bishop, how do you know who you're fully dependent on? Who do you run to? Who can I run to? Who do you run to? Who do you go to first? Because that's who you're fully dependent on. You're the first thing or person or place or idea, whatever you go to first, that's who you're fully dependent on. Look at the screen. Dependent fully upon the what? The Lord. Dismissing reliance upon self. Because this is what some of us will say. Well, you know, I only can trust me. Everybody look at me. I can only trust me. You can't trust nobody else. People will do you dirty. So I just trust me. How many of you, you've been there where you're like, I trust me. I know it's going to get done because I'm going to do it. Until you have that day. Where you even let yourself down. Can I, can I talk to some honest people on this Wednesday? Where you've had some days where you even let yourself down. And you wanted to, come on, let's be honest. And you wanted to cuss yourself out. I, Thank you for some honest people in this building. Where are the people that can tell the truth that there's been some days you've been like, you know what? I'm sick of you. I'm sick of you. I'm tired of you. I'm tired of you. I See, humility means I'm not even fully dependent on me. Because the Bible says in Jeremiah 17 that the heart, with the mind in the scripture, it is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? Which means I'm not even fully dependent on me because I might even let myself down one day. And watch me. And then this is why some of you get in these deep, dark depressions is because when you let yourself down, you know what you do? You stomp yourself further. You weren't supposed to do that. You stomp yourself further. You stomp. You don't need the devil. You got you. You stomp yourself further. You stomp yourself further. And then, and then, then, then when people see you, you're so deep down into this place that you created. And then you want other people to rescue you from the, from the hole that you put yourself in. Come on, lift your hands up and just say, Lord, I forgive myself. And then I empty my carnal ego, which means, here's humility. Humility says, um, I, I like the way one person said it, ego stands for edging God out. I am not concerned about how it looks. I'm concerned about what it is. You ever made a cake or something? You made something. Now, I can talk about making something. You made something, and when you looked at it, you're like, 
But then when you tasted, you were like, yeah, duh. Nobody else has done that beside me? Wave at me. Come on, online. Did Watch me. God says, Here, here's humility. You're more concerned about what it is instead of just what it looks like. Because it can look great and be a mess. I'd rather it be right and maybe not look right, but I'd rather it be right rather than it look good, but it's a whole hell of a mess on the inside. I'm not cussing. It's a Greek word, Gehenna, which means hot trash. They'll put it on the screen for you so you can go and do your research. Amen? Here's the second definition of humble. It means humiliation. Now, most of us, when we think of humiliation, we think, I don't want to be, like, who says, yes, I'd like to be humiliated today? But that's because most of us don't know what it means. And this is powerful because when you don't know what words mean, you can misuse words that will, that, watch me, that will mess up your world. You can misuse words that will mess up your world. For example, you ready? Okay, here's one of the words that we often use. I'm trying to. What you're telling yourself is don't do it. You stay in a perpetual place of effort that never turns into action. Which means I'm not trying to do nothing. Somebody say, what you doing? I'm doing this. Come on. I, I, I need you to speak faith in the person next to you and just fist bump them and say, you're going to have a do spirit. You, I ain't trying to do nothing. I'm doing what I said I'm going to do. You ain't trying to get your body out of yaddy together. You getting your body out of yaddy together. You ain't trying to get your business started. You're getting your business started. You ain't trying to move, baby. You ready to move? I it means, listen, humiliation means the abasement of pride, to abase something. And I want to give you this simple imagery. Let's think of a home. Uh, at the top of most homes, you're going to have the what in terms of internally? The attic. Um, at the bottom of most homes, depending on where you live, um, you're going to have the basement. Now, where do we put in the basement if it's not finished? Or in that little corner of the basement that's not finished? You put all of the things that aren't needed. You put all of the things that you don't need to reach for. You put things down there that you don't need to use that often. So what is it? It's I send my pride to the basement, which means, watch me, it is not about, see, some of y'all, ain't nobody going to talk to me like that. You have a pride problem. Okay, you don't like it, and it's right. Anybody, you have a pride problem, because what pride does is pride says, you are not going to do me this, you're not going to do that, you're not going to say this, you're not going to say that. And literally what you've done, watch me, is Bible says pride goes before a fall. And some, watch me, what pride does is pride exalts itself. Pride says, look at me. Pride says, see me. Pride says, do me right. Pride says this. And while those are good things, it is right to be done right. Many people, it is your pride that will keep you outside of your promise. Can I give you Bible to back that up? Okay, watch me, watch me. David, you want to be king? Drop your pride and let your brother talk crazy to you. You want to be king? Drop your pride and let Saul try to kill you by throwing his javelin at you multiple times and you keep showing back up being faithful. Y'all not going to talk to me. Peter, you want to get the money for your taxes? You better go fishing where I said to go fish. I know you're the expert fisherman, but you have to drop your pride and go back out there. It's quiet in this building. Come on, open your mouth and say, Lord, don't let me be prideful. Lord, 
relationships are often destroyed because of pride. You don't want to apologize. So she wants respect, so she doesn't honor. He wants honor and respect, so he doesn't love. And both of y'all are two prideful fools sitting up in the same house, paying the rent, paying the mortgage, and ain't happy. Now, what kind of sense that make? Go on and answer for me. Look at somebody next to you say, none. But pride won't say we need some help. And we're in a church where we can actually get the help. It's literally bookable through a website. Pride says, I don't need no help. Go on and fail in. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. I'm, I'm talking and y'all ain't talking back to me. Pride says, pride says, pride says, pride says. I was exercising the other day. And um, there was a gentleman, and, and, and please listen very carefully. Um, there was a gentleman, and he, he was in a wheelchair, and he was coming, and they had blocked off one of the sidewalks. And so I said, there's no way this gentleman is going to be able to get over. It's blocked. And he didn't even have an electric one. He was a manual one. And so I'm like, sir, you need some help. Pride, pride said I'd he'd rather struggle <laughs> than receive an offer of help. Which means you just delayed yourself because pride wouldn't say, I need... I need some of y'all in this building and online to just tell the Lord, say, Lord, help me. I, if you got some areas of life, you know you need some help in this building and online. Say it again. Say, Lord, help me. I'm not too proud to ask for help. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Some of you are too prideful to be transparent. You don't want nobody to know your business. Listen to me. You're not that important. Now, let me just say it. Let me just pop that bubble. Because ain't nobody else going to do it. I'll do it for you because I love you. All somebody say, all bubbles popped. All bubbles pop. I don't want nobody in my business. And let's, come on, we're about to have an honest moment. My hand's up first before I ask the question. How many of us have ever thought that for why we didn't say something? Some of y'all lying. You, you being prideful now. <laughs> I ain't going to tell him that I did. We've all thought that. I don't want nobody in my business. So you'd rather it burn. You'd rather it burn, atrophy, and die than get help. I got to be the strong one. For who? Even strength needs to be sharpened. Iron sharpens, I, hear me, Harvest, that's why God called you to me. Why? You needed somebody that was strong enough to sharpen you because you got a lot of people that pull on you and you got to have a place where you can log on, a place where you can step into the building and you can get sharpened because you got people pulling on you all the time. You ready? Look, it means this. It is the abasement of pride. I send my pride to the basement, which leads to being submissive. Pay attention. Which means to be humble means to be submissive. And submission is not a dirty word. We live in a culture where submission is being made. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Ain't nobody And consequently, since you can't be led, you never are led anywhere. I'll say it again because it was so simple. You maybe missed it in the simplicity of it, but there's a profundity in simplicity. You ready? 
Since you can't be led, you're never led anywhere. Which means you stay stuck and you stay stagnant because nobody can lead you. And the moment you get checked by who's supposed to lead you, all of a sudden now, you got an attitude. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Well, since you can't be led, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for the rotten that's ever with me. Now, do you lead me in the valley? You know, I got to be led. And so some people are never led anywhere because they can't be led. Submission means I submit to the mission of one greater. And here's where submission begins. Submission begins where agreement ends. It's not submission until agreement ends. As long as you're doing what you want to do, that's not submission. That's called doing what you want. Submission begins where I'm saying, let's go over here. And you're like, well, I really think we should go over here. Okay. But part of submission says, well, well since I'm under a mission, I can make myself. And God says, watch me, unless you can be submissive, you will never, ever receive the kingdom. Because people have said, Lord, lead me. Why would he lead you and you don't listen? Come on, this is Wednesday. I need y'all to go up with me. Come on, lift one of your hands and say, Lord, let me be submissive. Let me. Okay, you ever tried to tell somebody something that knew everything? Watch me. And if you've never done that, you're the one we've done it to. So, hello. Good to meet you. God bless. Be encouraged. They know everything. Everything. And they don't have fruit to show that they know anything. There's an old Chinese proverb that says, you cannot fill a cup that believes it's full. So what happens, watch me. None of us would want to spend our time trying to get somebody to do something when the whole time you're like, you need to do this. If you don't shut your mouth and listen. See, for some of you all, watch me. You pray for mentors and then you repulse mentors. Because when we show up, you talk the whole time. She says, you know everything. I ain't got nothing to say. She says, you know everything, I ain't got nothing to say. Because it ain't, I'm not going to fight you to talk to you when my fruit speaks for it. Y'all with me? All right, say, Lord, I'm humble. And we see this. We see these, the, these traits, humility. Let's go back to definition one. That's definition one. Fully dependent on the Lord. Which means I'm not dependent on my tools. I'm not dependent on my education. All of that stuff is good, but I'm not dependent on it. See, shout out to everybody that's well-learned, that's erudite, that's educated, that has great, great scholastic achievements. But I'm not dependent on that. Shout out to every person who's got great health. That's amazing, but I'm not dependent on that. Shout out to every person who has an amazing marriage and they the cream in your coffee. And they the, they <laughs> and they the almonds in your Mr. Good Bar or whatever. Okay. But I ain't dependent on that. This is why some of y'all get so heartbroken. Because your whole heart belongs to God. Show me in the Bible where he said, get that to a person. It got quiet right there. Right? Fully dependent on the Lord. Dismissing reliance upon self and emptying our carnal ego. Number two, it is uh, the abasement of pride, which leads to being what? Submissive. So we see this with David, y'all. Here it is. We're getting to the message. David's epic battle with Goliath that shows us how to be a kid again. 1 Samuel 17, 32. 
David says this to King Saul, and I, I'm going to go deeper. I need you to catch this. Don't worry about this Philistine. I'll go fight him. So what is the Bible talking about? David was anointed to be king in 1 Samuel 16. At that time, Wednesday, David was approximately between 15 and 17 years old. All right? Approximately, okay? Now, he's anointed to be king, and then, watch me, after he's anointed to be king, he goes right back out to keeping his father's sheep. Because sometimes, watch me, you got to realize there's levels to this. Okay? So he's anointed to be king, goes right back out, keeping his father's sheep, and then Saul begins having these issues where this depressing spirit was coming upon him. And David's name is brought up by one of the servants. And when David's name is brought up, they summon David to the palace. And while David is there in the palace with Saul, every time David would play, this distressing spirit that would stress Saul out, it would leave. So pay attention. So David now is going back and forth between his father's house, Jesse, and the palace. Jesse, watch me. uh, Saul is so impressed with David that Saul says, listen, Jesse, let him stay here with me. You'll catch it in a moment. Because David, I've been anointed to become something, so I need to be around what I'm about to become. This is why I need you to pay attention to the people that are around you because whatever you behold, that's what you're about to become. And I need some of you to go home and change what you look at on TV. Why? Because you're beholding what you're not going to become. You need to be looking at stuff that inspires you, looking at stuff that encourages you, listening to stuff that encourages you to go after what God has ordained for you. God said, I need you around Saul because you're about to become king, so I need you around the king. So there's this giant that comes out. And for 40 days and 40 nights, he's between 675 and 975 feet tall. He's a big dude. Some, some translations suggest he was even taller than that because it's not like they said, hold on, Goliath, let us check. Okay, so it's, so, so it's an estimate, all right? For those of you who like to poke at the Bible, oh, no, the Bible is a self-authenticating book. It is the only book that can authenticate itself, which means it doesn't need an external party to validate it because everything that's in it is validated by everything that's already in it. Now, pay attention. Um, so, so he's a big dude. Somebody say big dude. What does he represent for us? A big obstacle, a big problem. Sometimes Goliath represents a lot of little problems that have built up. Okay, because because it's a lot of little things that are built up and now become this big thing. So Goliath, um, Goliath is taunting the Israelites for 40 days and 40 nights. And Goliath comes out and he's like, you know, he's King Konging them the whole night. And he's like, listen, he's like, send me out a warrior to fight me. He said, and I'm going to give his flesh to the carcasses. Or his carcass to the uh, to the birds of the air and to the to the animals of the field. He said, "Send me somebody to fight me." And the Bible says Saul, who's the incumbent king, and the Israelite army. Every time Goliath shows up, pay attention. They run. I need you to catch this imagery. You ready? I said, "Are you ready?" When it's the regular Philistine army, the Israelites run up on them. But every time Goliath shows up, they retreat. Y'all better hear me. There are certain things that you've learned how to be very strong at. But there are certain things that when you see it or when you hear it or when you get close to it, it makes you retreat. 
that was your life up until today. I'll preach my own self happy. I need you to open up your mouth and say, it's my turn. Say, every Goliath has to come down. So check this out. Every time the regular army was there, they were tough. They were, let's go. And when they saw Goliath, the Bible says, they, whoa, 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 let's get up out of here. They ran. Then David, when he's coming from his father, Jesse, sends him out to the battle. And he says, go feed your brothers. Now check this out. Go serve who gives you grief. Because his brothers gave him the most hell. You ready for me? Here's how you know you're maturing. Is that you can serve people that, watch me, that the year ago version of you might want to say so. Okay, I wish I had some. Here's how you know you're maturing. That you can serve who stresses you out. Hmm? Here's how you know you're maturing. You can be faithful, watch me, and loyal, and you can be dedicated to those who aren't that way to you. You ready? So he says, go serve your brother. So he takes his brother something to eat. He takes his brother something to eat. Um, David's like, what's going on down there? Because Saul is not in the palace when David would normally play, when the spirit would come on Saul. For 40 days and 40 nights, they've been out here fooling with Goliath. Because 40 is the biblical number of wilderness. It's the biblical number of testing, which means they have been in a test. And David shows up on the last day of the test. There's a version of you that's about to show up that has not been around for the first part of the test you've been in. Oh, my God. Come on, open your mouth Wednesday. Say, there's a David in me that's about to break forward. So David shows up on the last day of the test. On the last day of the test. Which means you may have looked like you were failing for the last 40 days, 40 nights, 40 years, 4 months, 4 days, 4 weeks. But watch me. Somebody say, but it's my turn now. In other words, David said, the army, you had your chance. Saul, you had your chance. But now since I'm here, it's my turn. So what happens? David sees the battle. David runs over. And David says, uh, what's going on? They said, um, the king is going to give, he'll have, the man that takes Goliath down will have no taxes, and he'll get one of the king's daughters. So his relationships are going to improve and his money's going to improve. Speak this over your life. Say, my circle's improving. Come on, and say, my cash flow is improving. Say, my relationships are improving and my revenue is improving. So what happens? So David, so David says, so David, he, he walks past and his brother sees him. His brother says, what are you doing down here? Ninja, I just fed you. See, here's how you know that what you're doing is God is because there's people that should help you do it that are trying to stop you from doing it. I need you to recognize sometimes resistance is your confirmation. What? 
if, if it's not any resistance, that means I'm evidently on the enemy's side because he ain't going to resist what's on the same side as him. I need you. I just need to check this building. No music, please. I need to check this building to see who is dealing with some resistance. Here's your answer. That's your confirmation. On three, put a praise in the atmosphere. One, two, three, go. My resistance is my confirmation. I need you to go fist bump two or three people. Say, that's your confirmation. That's your confirmation. That's your confirmation. That's your confirmation. I, I'm glad that you resisted me. That's proof I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm glad you tried to block me. Glad you tried. That's my confirmation. Say confirmation. Come on, Wednesday. Say confirmation. All right, so, 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 so his brother's trying to stop him. He says, aren't you supposed to be keeping those few sheep? In other words, hey, dude, you eating from these sheep? It's funny how they, okay, you ready? It's funny how people will try to minimize what they're making it off of. It's funny how they want to play you like a cheeseburger when you a whole Big Mac. It's funny how when they didn't have nothing, they were loyal to you. But now they got something that you're the one that helped that ninja get. And they want to act. I'm so sick of people acting brand new. I'm so sick of people acting like they did it on their own. But I need you to get excited. Why? Because God saw and God's going to make sure that you don't lack anything. God's going to make sure that what you sow, you shall reap. Come on, everybody say, it's my turn. We're almost done. So, so his brother, his brother, y'all with me? So his brother, his brother tries to block him. His brother's like, go take the hair of them few sheep. And I love what David did. Because the Bible says David, basically David, y'all remember when we used to say talk to the hand? Yeah. Oh, y'all still do it? Oh, okay. I don't know. I just pushed the button on my phone and they're taken out of my office. Listen, um, so... So, okay, do, do it to him. Y'all look at one now. This is what you're about to do to every voice that's trying to tell you not, that's trying to discourage you, that's trying to frustrate you. Listen, don't talk to me, but you, you can talk right, child. Don't say nothing to me because I'm not even paying you any attention. Why? I'm so focused on my future, I can't hear you with your... You ain't nothing but a flashlight cop in it, how you? I see you. You ain't the real deal, no, how. Listen. Ready? All right, here we go, here we go, here we go. David says, whatever. He, he steps away from him. See, this is what some of you have to do. You're going to you're gonna have to leave the group conversation. I hate when people, and I, and I use the word hate on purpose. I hate when people, preachers love doing this, put me in group messages. And then they respond to the whole group. So I'm thinking it's an emergency. I look down at my phone. Thanks, man. I said, y'all don't take me out this. I hate group messages. I hate group. Y'all hear me? I, I hate group. Watch me. Here's what some of you have to do. With a group message, 
Um, now, depending on your device. Now, Android, you probably have to stay in there. It's punishment for your bad phone choice. Listen. <laughs> but I found the greatest gift. Say, what is it, Bishop? Um, you hit the little bell, and you tell it, don't say nothing else to me. Mute this conversation. And some of you, watch me, you're going to have to mute what your mama said. You're going to have to mute what your daddy said. You're going to have to mute what your hater said. Uh-oh, you're going to have to mute what your ex keeps saying. Can I get you to practice? Just act like you push the button and say, mute that. I uh-uh, Wednesday, I need you to prophesy. I need you to prophesy. Say, mute that. David, David, you know, you, I gave you several options. You can talk to the hand. You can mute that, whatever. Okay? David, like, okay. He walks over to some other people and says, is it true that whoever takes down Goliath is going to get uh, 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 no taxes, is going to get one of Saul's dollars? He's like, this is an amazing deal. This is amazing. And, 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 and they're like, it's true. But have you seen the giant? Tell me, have you seen it? Have you seen the giant, because this is a big obstacle. Have you seen it? And David, watch me, because he's childlike. David is thinking to himself, well, but have you seen my God, though? So then David is like, I can't fool with you, and watch me, and I can't fool with you, because there's fear that's laced in our conversation. You need to make sure that when people are on the phone with you, they're always talking faith. They're always speaking light. Why? Because I don't need you putting no fear. Well, how you know it's going to work? Because God is for me. And if God be for me, who? So he has to leave two group conversations. And then, and then David comes over. And you know what he does? He goes to the source. He goes to Saul. And he comes to Saul. And he comes to Saul. And he's like, don't worry about this Philistine that's on the screen. Don't worry about this Philistine. I got it. I'll go fight him. In other words, y'all try it. And you know what's crazy? David's brothers didn't want him to do it, but they wouldn't do it. It's funny what people try to talk you out of because they can't do it. Just because you ain't going to take a step of faith don't mean I can. Just because you ain't a water walker. Just because you want to stay stuck in the same situation you grew up in. Oh, I got a runner. Come on, somebody say, it's my turn. It's my turn. Listen, kids are fearless until they're taught to fear. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear. I rebuke your timidity. What does that mean? You will not be shy. You're going to walk in there like you own the place. You will not be shy. Come on, for those of you that struggle with timidity and being shy, I need you to lift your hand and say, Lord, I release timidity. I release Okay, look at the next part. Or cowardice. What's a coward? A coward sees a battle but runs from a battle. A coward sees a battle, let me qualify it, that they should fight. That they run from. If you've ever saw a battle, you should have fought, but you said, I don't even care. <laughs> Lift your hand and say, Lord, I release my cowardice. In Jesus' name. Say, Lord, I release my fear in Jesus' name. All right, here we got to go. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment, which means you make good decisions. 
and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, this is amplified, well-balanced mind and self-control. All right, make this, pray this prayer. Say, I have sound judgment. I have personal discipline. Come on, you, come on. You, let me prophesy over you. You're not going to struggle with it because you can discipline yourself from it. The struggles you walked into this month with, you will not walk out of this month with. Come on, come on. Somebody say, this is my David mom. David was the eighth son of Jesse. Eight means a new beginning. You are in the month of David. I need you to recognize everything I'm preaching to you about David. It applies to you because you're in the right place at the right time. Please, Wednesday, open up your mouth and say, I'll make great decisions. I'll have personal discipline. Look, 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 at, number look at verse 33. Look at verse 33. Saul replies to him, don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. In other words, you can't do this. And here's what I need you to know. Kids are ridiculous. And they're taught to be too reasonable. Most of us are taught to be reasonable. So you get reasonable. There are some things that I absolutely have a ridiculous pursuit about. Well, I, will I will not stop. I'm competitive. So that's already built in me. There are certain things I will not stop until I win. And certain people say, why don't you just let it go? I said, that's what you do. <laughs> I'm not letting it go because you're reasonable, which explains, watch me, why you have reasonable. I don't want reasonable. I want people to look at my life and say, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Prophesy to somebody next to you. I need you to get them used to the words they're about to hear. Come on, say, you're about to hear these words. You're ridiculously blessed. It's ridiculous how happy you are. It's ridiculous how much money you got. It's ridiculous how good your kids are. It's ridiculous how good your business is. It is ridiculous. I don't want reasonable. I want ridiculous. All of those of you that want that shout ridiculous. That's what I want. I don't want reasonable. I don't want that. I, want I don't want reasonable. And most of us have been taught to be reasonable. So we never experience ridiculous. Because to get ridiculous, you're going to have to do something ridiculous. Y'all still with me? 2 Kings 2 and 9. Now, listen to this ridiculous request that this man named Elisha makes. So, Elijah is this prophet. He's getting ready to, he's getting ready to exit the earth. And Elisha was a spiritual son to him. Uh, he was an acolyte to him. He served him. Wherever he went, he went. Um, that is the difference between a fellowship and sonship. Because one is about organization. The other is about connection. Uh, um, one says, where you go, I go. W one says, I'm good. It's a difference. He was a son, got it, to Elijah. And here's what he said. Elijah's getting ready to pass away. And not pass away in the same way we think of it, because he's literally about to be caught up alive. He says, I'm getting ready to exit the earth. He says, ask me what you want. He could ask for money. He could ask for fame. He could, he could you know what he says? Let, it, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Now, here's my question, Elijah. Where did you ever hear about this before? I hadn't. It sounds ridiculous, right? 
You about to do stuff, watch me. People are going to be like, where they do that? They don't. I'm the first one to do it. I... Look at what he says. Elijah responds to him and says this. You have requested a difficult thing. Translation, that's ridiculous, said Elijah. Nevertheless, it's ridiculous, but it's possible. I'll preach my own self happy. Preach to yourself, man. I will. It's ridiculous, but you're about to watch me do it. It's ridiculous. I know it don't make sense to you, and it wouldn't because you're reasonable. I'm ridiculous. I, I know you don't understand why I'm doing what I'm doing, but you wouldn't. I'm reasonable. It's ridiculous. I need all the ridiculous people to just say, it sounds ridiculous, but it is possible. He said, nevertheless, if you see me as I'm taken away from you, it will be yours. He says, listen, it's ridiculous what you asked me for, but here's the way to get the results. He said, you have to see me when I'm caught up, which literally means you cannot disconnect. Because if you disconnect, you will miss the moment he's going to bring me up. And when he brings me up, if you don't see me go up, then you're going to keep the same spirit you got. But you asked me for something ridiculous. And you want to know what the Bible says? And he got it. Oh, my God. And he got it. Oh, my God. And he got it. Oh, my God. And he got it. Can I just go on and prophesy after you know when he got it? It was in the second chapter. I... Can I get you to put a two up in the building? Put a two in the comments. Anytime you see two, that means you're about to witness something. Come on, open up your mouth, please, and say, I'm about to witness ridiculous. You're about to get ridiculous promotions and ridiculous ideas and ridiculous funding. and Open your mouth, please, and shout ridiculous. Let's go. Look Look at this. Kids are adventurous until taught to play it too safe. Some of us, we play it too safe. Too safe. You got on belt, suspenders, masking tape, duct tape, rubber bands, Velcro straps. Ready? It, it is wise to use wisdom. But there's a difference between using wisdom, you ready, and playing it too safe. Say, Lord, restore my adventure. Which means, God, I don't know exactly how it's going to go, but I know it's going to go good. Y'all got faith over there. Let me get this up. Let me get this side of the building a chance. Come on, y'all over here, digital. I don't know exactly how it's going to work out, but won't he work it out? I. Come on, middle section. I don't know exactly how this thing is going to play out, but I bet you it's going to play for my good. Why? Because God is for me. Lord, restore my adventure. Most kids, most kids, when they play, they don't have an agenda. From 8 to 8.15, we're going to do this. What is this called? Cornhole. I didn't play these games. I was, I quit school because of recess. I don't play games. Listen, I'm just playing. All right. Then from 8.15 to 8.30, we're going to play lawnmowers. Then from 8.30 to 8.45, we're going to play Avengers. 
I got my infinity stones. Then from 845, see, this is what you do to God. You've given him your schedule. And you said, now I need you to show up this time and this time and this time. And I want this and I want that. And God says, wait a minute. You think you run me? I run you. I need you to be okay with it being an adventure. Which means we may spend a whole lot of time, watch me, over here. And you're like, why am I spending all this time with these backpacks? Because you're about to get the bag. That's why I... I need you to get your studying together. Because where you headed, you need to be ready before you get there. Y'all better open up your mouth. Please say, Lord, restore my adventure. Restore my adventure. Restore my adventure. I don't have to be in control. Say, I release control. To be adventurous, you have to release control. I restore Restore my sense of adventure. Look at what David said. David said, this is what he, he's still talking to Saul. Because, watch me, Saul has been holding him up for several verses. <laughs> um, Saul's been holding him up. And so, so David is like, the Lord. See, see his humility? See, here's what some of us would do. I made it through this. I did this. Ooh, y'all ain't talking now. I did that. Look at what I did. Uh-uh. David was humble, which means he was like a kid. And he went from kid to king. Because watch who he gives credit. It was the Lord who rescued me from the claws. Stop right there. Don't go it. This means the fight got real. Because it's one thing if Mufasa just run up on you. It's another thing when Mufasa got you. I need to have testimony service tonight. Who can tell the truth that there was some stuff where you weren't in the vicinity of it. It had you. Depression had you. Anxiety had you. Guilt had you. Condemnation had you. Sex had you. Drugs had you. Drinking. Y'all not saying nothing. Where are the honest people at? It had you. David said, I was in the claws of the lion and the bear, which means it had me. Now, let's just think about that for a moment, which means here David is. We don't know how old he is when he fights the lion and the bear, but we know he's younger than 16. So here David is. You ready? You ready? Here David is. David is like, well, um, I guess this is it, God, because this has me. And I want to speak to a few of you who what has you, it feels like this is it for you. Look at me. It's not. Because the Lord who delivered you from before is the same God that's going to do it right now. You don't know what the person next to you is dealing with. So can you be their back up in the spirit? Can you just touch them on the shoulder and say, and the Lord is with you. I know you're worried about what's going to happen with your company because they sent out an email. Uh-uh. Touch somebody's shoulder and say, and the Lord is with you. 
I know you're worried about what's going to happen with your kids because they've been acting different than you raised them. But baby, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they grow old, they will not depart. Please touch somebody on the shoulder and say, and the Lord is with you. Don't go it. You thought you had me, but I got away. You thought you had me, but I got away. You thought you were going to kill me, but I got away. You thought you were going to knock me out, but I got away. And I'm about to escape another time. Come on, say, and I'll escape another time. You got to go. You got to go. He will rescue me from this Philistine. Listen to his words. Rescue? You ain't even in the fight. How are you needing rescuing for something you ain't even in? That's like me saying the Lord will rescue me from them four cookies and 600 calories apiece. I don't need to be rescued from that. Not today. It was three weeks ago I needed to be rescued. Not today. I'm good today. <laughs> Pay attention. In other words, David was saying, um, because I'm adventurous, I know this might not be easy, but it's going to be worth it. Anything worth having is worth fighting for. You got to hear me, Wednesday. We cannot be the type of people that all we want is easy victories. You know what you like? You like that kid to say, I beat, I beat, I beat Mario. I beat Mario on level one. Turn that joker up. Turn that joker up. You talking about I beat Mortal Kombat. I beat the whole game on easy. They don't even do nothing but stand here the whole time. I don't know no new game. <laughs> you beat Halo, right? You know, right? Call of Duty. Now, I know Call of Duty. I beat Call of Duty. On the hard level. Huh? And then I tried to beat it a second time, and I said, well, it looks like the Lord's grace for this is lifted. So <laughs> I'm done with this. All right, pay attention. He says, this may be hard, but I'm ready for it. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, no matter how hard it gets, you got this. Because there's going to be some days where you're looking at that Goliath and you're going to be like, ah, let me go on back to the house. Maybe I should have just stuck to delivering lunches. That's what he was there for. See, he was there, he was there to deliver a lunch, but a lunch became a cookout. And if you were here in the last series, you know that cookouts change lives. You ready? Here we go. Last couple of verses. Y'all with me Wednesday? So, so, so look at verse 38. Then Saul gave David his own armor. And David says, I can't go in these. So David took them off again. Kids are inquisitive until they're taught to be too quiet. Some of you parents, you do your children a disservice when you, when you quench their inquisitive nature. And I know they said 4,000 words in the last seven seconds. Because that's what kids do. You did the same thing. Bishop, I was a quiet child, except for 99% when you weren't. You quench them. Because what happens is when we're taught to be too quiet, we won't ask questions, and questions create possibilities. 
See, Saul had given David his armor and said, go fight in this. And David was like, I can't fight in this. Well, David, who taught you that that was even an option? He was like a kid again. And he said, well, listen, I, that's an option because I'm, I'm, I'm having an adventure. <laughs> this is an adventure for me. So it has to be an option because I can't wear your stuff, Saul. Saul, it ain't working for you. You scared to fight and you got all this armor. If the armor ain't going to work for you, what makes you think it's going to work for me? It's funny how people want to give you advice that they don't use themselves. It's funny how everybody got the answers, watch me, and it don't even work for them. Y'all ready? So look, 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 look. Kids fight for others until they're taught to be selfish. I want you to look at what David says to Goliath in verse 47. So Saul has said, go ahead and go. Go do it. The Lord be with you. He gives him his armor. David is like, I can't wear this. He's like, fine, take it off. But, but, but the key word in the previous verse was again. So at one point, David took it off, put it back on because, because um, he doubted himself. Because sometimes you will think you need what you don't need because there's a self-doubt God wants to kill. There's a doubt in the Lord he wants you to kill. Because really a self-doubt is a God doubt. What is God's name? I am. So if I am in doubt of me, I am in doubt of he. I got to hit the air because y'all ain't responding <laughs> aggressive enough. So watch me. So, so check this out. So he says, this is the Lord's battle. He's talking to Goliath now, right? So, so he, okay, you're going to be Goliath. Come on. You're going to be Goliath. Do I have a little bit in the room? No. I guess I do. Ooh. Oh, come here. Come here, brother. Come here. A little bit. Come on, you a little bit. Come on again. Are you ready? All right, so, so you're going to be DeVito. So just look, face on this Goliath, DeVito. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You ready? Y'all ready? Now, now pay attention to what's happening. Pay attention. Pay attention. It says, she says to Goliath, this is the Lord's battle. I want you to pay attention. They're not even fighting. You're not listening. Ain't no, ain't no punches been thrown. Ain't no rocks been thrown. A ain't no hands been laid. <laughs> you ready? Ain't no hands been caught. He says, this is the Lord's battle. And he will give you to. In other words, David said, you're not just defying me. You're defying this entire army. More importantly, when you came against us, you came against God. See, I feel bad for the people who think they trying to do you dirty. You ain't even dealing with me. You're dealing with my God. And he might take your head off. Y'all ain't going to say that to me. And he might make it so that you don't ever, ever open your eyes. You better be careful messing with a child of God. Would you fist bump somebody next to you and say, don't worry about it. God's got it. God's got it. You better be careful. Might not wake up messing with me. That's Bible. This is the Lord's battle. He will give you to us. 
Kids are creative until taught to be like everybody else. Verse 50. So Davida triumphed. Notice what she doesn't have, a sword. She doesn't have what everybody else thinks she needs to win. Because she's a kid again. And when you're a kid again, you manifest the kingdom. And when you manifest the kingdom, righteousness, peace, which is shalom, which means nothing is missing, broken, lacking, all is well, which means I didn't have a sword because I don't need a sword. Anything you don't have, open your mouth and say, I don't need. So stop looking at your life like you're lacking something. God is like, if you don't have it, that's because you don't need it for the battle you're about to face. We know how to thank God for what we do have. I want to see if there's some mature people that can thank God for what you do not have. That takes some mature people. That takes some mature people. That takes some mature people. So what did David do? David triumphed, for he had no sword. Thanks, Davida. Thanks, Goliath. Acts 14, 22. We must, through many tribulations. What's the verse? I'm trying to tell you something. I'm trying to tell you something. We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. You ready? I'm just trying to knock at your door. What does tribulations mean? Internal pressure without good options. I'm just waiting on a teaspoon of hood to rise up in some of y'all. What do you do when none of the options are good? And it's creating internal pressure. Some of you ain't slept right. You ain't eating right. You ain't thinking right. It ain't because of the fast. This was before the fast. In fact, this fast is the healthiest you've been all year. Listen, you. Go to your doctor tomorrow. Let them test you tomorrow. It's going to be good. Ready? Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Internal pressure. So while David is up talking, this is the Lord's battle. Inside, what are my options? Because I didn't ran out here now saying God told me to do this. Oh, my God. I didn't started telling people that I'm about to do this. I didn't started posting that I'm about to do this. I didn't started saying that I'm about to do this. I'm out there now. There's an internal pressure, and there are no good options. He says, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. Check this out. So not only do I enter the kingdom by being childlike, here's how the kingdom comes. When I have no good options, when I have no good options, when you look at it, you're like, I want to talk to those of you who, the truth be told, a lot of your energy is spent on thinking in circles. Because you're trying to find options, you ready, that aren't there. Could it be that God, oh, oh my God, I'm about to, 
will, I'll kick it now because we're about to go. I will kick this up. Listen, 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 listen. Could it be that God removed the options so that you can manifest the kingdom? Could it be that God made them say no? Could it be that God didn't let them follow back up with you? Could it be that God made it so you didn't get a call back, didn't get an email? Could it be that God removed the options? And you ready? He said, David did it. It's your turn. David did it. It's your turn. David manifested the kingdom. It's your turn. Somebody say, it's my turn. If David did it, don't you tell me you can't do it. You're in the month of David. Which means I'm in the month of taking stones and taking down giants. I'm in the month of using slingshots to see success. I'm in the month of going from overlooked to overbooked. I'm in the month for where back then you didn't want me, but baby, now I got the oil you all up. Somebody holler, it's my turn. Daniel 7, 21. We're done. I'm going to give you this scripture, and we're going to pray. This horn. <laughs> what is it? Horn. H horn means sound. Means sound. It is a Hebrew word, Karen. K-E-H-R-E-N. Mm. This horn made war with the saints. Uh -huh. You ready? What is war? Battle after battle. See, here's where some of you are tonight. Is you like, well, when do I get a break? Because all I see is battle after battle after battle. And I fix one thing on Monday. And I go have me some nice lemon water. And, <laughs> and a nice green smoothie. To only get home from a smoothie to see another sound. Another sound. Another sound. Watch what the Bible says. We're about to go up and we out. This horn made war with the saints. Say, that's me. And, watch the next verse, prevailed over them. I need you to pay attention to the tense of the word. That's past tense. You ready? I also want you to pay attention to the number of the verse. That was last year. Forget y'all, I'll shout myself. That was last time. That, that was last year. I need you to open up your mouth, please, and say, that's over. Because I'm in verse 22. Maybe some of y'all don't know the year that you is. I'll tell you, you're in the year 2020. 
Somebody say, I'm in verse 22. Until the ancient of days came and judgment was given for, say your name. And the time came when the saints of the Most High God possessed. Possessed what? The kingdom. Who God says you are, what God says you can have, righteousness, peace, and joy. God's way of doing things. Open your mouth, say, it's my turn now. Release a praise for five seconds right there. Go. Come on, Wizard, we're about to go. Everybody stand, everybody stand, everybody stand. Everybody stand. Okay, I'm in verse 22. Ancient of days refers to Jesus. Say, say, I have a judgment I'm about to collect on. When you go to civil court, you can get a judgment against somebody, and they can say, someone's got to pay you a million dollars. I see that. But just because you have judgment doesn't mean that you have received then you have to do something called interrogatories. You have to find out who owes you what they have. And then you have to get the appropriate order to collect, to garnish, to levy, to take what's yours. You ready? Somebody says, it's my turn. And judgment has been issued in my favor. And in the remaining months of this year, it's my turn. I shall possess the kingdom. Who God says I am, what he says I can have, his way of doing things, heaven's attributes in my life, righteousness, peace, and joy. This is bigger than stuff. This is purpose. This is bigger than money. This is being a blessing. I am ready. It's my turn now. It's my turn now. In Jesus' name. Lift your hands and just worship for five seconds. Go five. We're about to go four. Three. Two. One. You in verse 22? You in verse 22? You in verse 22? You are in verse 22? You are in verse 22? You in verse 22? You in verse 22? You in verse 22? You in the 22nd? You in verse 22? You in verse 22? Come on, Wednesday, you in verse 22. And judgment has been issued in our favor. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you need to become a Christian for the first time or recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure, wherever you're at on the count of three, I want you to slip that hand up. If you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure. What do you mean, Bishop, be sure? Like, if you're not sure where things are at with God, be sure tonight. Like, this is kind of like making sure that your car, my, my car um, does this thing where it says your car is unlocked. Now, that's new. 
Because it used to be if your car was unlocked, you, you know, or you thought you didn't lock it, you you walk all the way back out. Being sure is just making sure that when you click, he says, I know you. You need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure in this building online. So on the count of three, do that hand with the emoji or say it's me. One, two, three. If that's you, put your hand up in this building. Online, do the hand with the emoji or say it's me. You need to become a Christian, be sure, or recommit yourself to Jesus. Just slip that hand up in the building. Online, do the hand with the emoji or say it's me. Everybody pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and Savior. I'm fully dependent on you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need to, if you just prayed that prayer to become a Christian, recommit yourself, Lord, be sure. Scan that QR code or text the word decision to 877-552-4746. Some of you, can I be honest, you're saved, but you need a shepherd. And you can live anywhere across America, around the world, be a part of the Harvest family. It's a hybrid church. That means there are, there are far more people that get fit in, in, any, in any building um, that are connected to our family. We'd love for you to do that. All you have to do is scan the QR code, text JOIN, or text JOIN HARVEST to 877-552-4746. Bishop Foreman, I don't have any church experience. Great. No previous church experience necessary. Amen. Amen. Listen, um, were you blessed by the word tonight? Were you blessed by the word tonight? Come on, somebody say, and it's my turn. Come on, say it like with authority. Say, it is my turn. Look at somebody tell them, it's your turn. It's our turn. Whatever Goliath you're facing, you're going to take that thing down. Listen, I want everybody, if you came in late or you weren't able to give, I want you to get that ready. Um, Bishop Foreman, why do you do it a second time? Because some people come in late, some people log on late. And then I want to challenge everybody to sow a seed for the verse that you were in. is 22. You could do $22. You can do $50.22. Whatever you sow, I want you to put a 22 in it. You want to do 220, it needs to be a, two, a 22 in it. I want to challenge everybody to sow. Bishop Foreman, why in the world would we sow into the word? It's a spiritual principle. I'm sowing. I never ask you to do what I don't do. Never judge somebody's harvest if you haven't first seen their seed. Hallelujah. I love you, Wednesday. So preview of Sunday morning's message, Sunday night, 9 o'clock Mountain, 11 o'clock Eastern. Our last Sunday in this building will be this upcoming Sunday. It's going to be amazing, 915 and 1115. And then Monday, when we normally do prayer, we're going to be in this building again and online, of course with a final worship experience in this building as we prepare for our exodus. And we're going to watch God blow our minds. Amen. Listen, lift your giving to the Lord in the building and online. If you want to use Cash App, that's available. Dollar sign, Bishop Foreman, F-O-R-E-M-A-N with the number two. PayPal, Venmo, Zell, Givelify, and Giving. All of that's available. Everybody sold something. Say, Bishop, I only got $2.22. Sow that. What if the one seed that you refuse to release is the one seed that would change everything for you? Jesus looked at a woman who was giving what's called a widow's mite. It was literally two, two half of a, it was two halves of a penny. And Jesus looked at what she gave and said, this is great faith. He says, because everybody else gave from their abundance. She gave out of her poverty. Notice what he did do. He didn't tell her not to give. He just said, her faith is going to be rewarded. Lift your giving to the Lord. Say, Lord, you reward faith. I release my seed tonight. 
believing, it's my turn. I'm in verse 22. And judgment has been made in my favor. It's my turn now. This is my, it's my turn seed. In Jesus' name. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.